I'm so excited for an opportunity to be able to share with you um, one of our core values. So throughout this year, we're going through the things that we value the most at Acts Church. When we planted this church, we asked God if he would identify for us the things that we were supposed to value because the things we value direct our life. Now this is the same for an organization or a church like ours, the exact same for a person like any of you. What you value most is going to determine where you go in your life. You, you chase after those things. When you walk towards your values, they're going to take you to a certain destination. So it's critical that we have the right values to get us to the right place. It's so important for us. So that's why when I talk about our values, it means far more than just saying, hey, this is who we are. It's about where we're going. It's about how we're going to do this. And if you're part of Acts Church, what we want to do is invite you to take these values and make them your own. So... It seems to me that as I walk through this world, I bump into two different types of people. I always joke, right? There's two different types of people, those people who classify people into one or two different types of people and those who don't, right? Um, I'm one of them, I guess. But no, there's, a, there's these two different types of people I always run into, and, and you've experienced this too, okay? There are generally positive people and then generally negative people. And it seems like when you walk through the world, you'll find people. There are some who are just, they're generally positive, right? They're just, yeah, you know, stuff goes wrong. The situation happens. And, you know, they just see the best in things. And they, oh, yeah, well, it's going to be okay. And it's, it's heading upwards and it's, it's good. And just pass, you know, always just, yeah, it's positive. It's going in the right direction. How many people will say, I'm a positive person? Anybody? Anybody? We got a couple. Good. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you for being here. Some of us, and some of the people who we have relationships with, are the negative people. And it doesn't matter what happens, they are the people who always see the glass half empty, don't they? It's always like, yeah, but this is wrong. Yeah, but that's broken. Yeah, but that's not going to work, right? All the time, just negative, 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 negative. Now, how many people will admit, I'm the negative person? Okay. Okay, yeah, it's good. We got a little bit of both. We balance each other out, okay? So, I, uh, I know that this is probably what everyone would think, but I swear I'm like dead center, because I can be so positive at times and so negative at times, too. I think I generally lean towards positivity. If I'm, if I'm honest with myself, I think I, I generally lean toward positivity, and I specifically think this because one of my pet peeves is people who are always negative. Like, you guys learn a lot about me over the course of a year. If you hang out here, I'm always sharing, like, these deep things. And I realized that might not be a good idea because I consistently tell people what my pet peeves are, and then people do it to me to be funny. People, like, I'm, like I'll say something like, oh, I hate when people say this, and then people will specifically say that to me just to try to get a rise from me, and I'll be like, stop it, right? But I'm generally, like, when people are super negative, it just, it bums me out. Like, when I deal with people where it doesn't matter what we're walking through, what we're doing, they always see the negative. It just frustrates me so much. There's just, like, those people who they just, like, they suck the energy out of you, don't they? Some of you guys have experienced these people. Some of you have to work with these people. Some of you have to go to school with these people. Some of you are married to these people, right? And they have this tendency of just killing your high, right? Like, oh, it's going to be so good. And it's like, it's probably not going to work out. (laughs) 
We've had so many people over the years, like, connected to our church who will just, like, make comments that are so negative. We're like, we're going to do this, and we're going to see this. And they're like, well, but what happens if this happens? And it's like, all right, Debbie Downer, we get you, okay? I, I get it. Everything's bad. It's all terrible. But we're going to try to move on, right? All of us have to deal with these people. But sadly... I think that the church can be like these Debbie Downers, can be these super negative people. I think that when we look at the church in general across the United States of America, if we were to say, are they generally positive or negative, I think that most people would say, most of the Christians I know, they're really negative. If we said, you know, you ask the cross-section of people, right, Christians, positive, negative, a lot of them would be like, man, they're, they're super negative. It's always like the world is coming to an end and, and everything's going terrible and nothing's going to work out and everything's falling apart and it's just on and on and on and on. There's never any positivity to their statements. Now, I think that this isn't the way it's supposed to be for the church, to be honest with you. I think that us as Christians, this isn't who we're really supposed to be. This isn't, I don't think there's any calling in the Bible that I found to negativity. That was never any, like, the fruits of the Spirit or anything, right? It's never in there. Like, and some will be given the gift of negativity. It wasn't in there, okay? Not found in there. And the church, especially us as a, as a group of people, I think we're supposed to be positive. We realize where we stand and what we're doing, and I think we're supposed to have a positive outlook on life as we go forward. We're supposed to be people who celebrate. We're supposed to be people who are excited about things. And this takes us to our next core value, which is this. Acts Church is victories should be celebrated. And here's how we would say it. Life is too short not to have fun. When stuff goes right at Acts or in the lives of our friends, we celebrate it. Good news is always spread, and good work is always praised. Now, despite what you might think, I did not just add this core value for a reason that I could party. This was not it, right? We didn't just put this in our DNA and be like, and we should celebrate stuff a lot, right? Like reason for us to have a good time and to smile. That wasn't it at all. In fact, when we were laying these out, all of our core values come from things that we saw that were so, so, so important in the Bible. And celebration is, is vital in the Bible. We see it throughout the Bible from start to finish that celebration is meant to be part of our faith. It's not something that we would just make up now. It's not just our culture. It's been there since the very beginning. If we jump back and we look all the way back in the Old Testament, okay, all the way back, we had just done this, this conversation these last two weeks about the children of Israel, right? And their, their temptation to follow these, these idols. When they had left Israel, and then they began to, to understand their faith in this new promised land, God actually spoke to them through Moses. And listen what he says in Numbers 9, 1-3. through 3. This is a surprising thing we would not expect for God to speak to the children of Israel. It says, A year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. In the first month of that year, he said, Tell the Israelites to celebrate the Passover at the prescribed time. At twilight on the 14th day of the first month, be sure to follow all my decrees and regulations concerning this celebration. Now, most of us would not expect that when the Israelites got out to this location, that if God was going to give them some sort of insight, we would doubt that one of the things he would command is celebrate. It's a command from God that he says, one of the commands 
is to celebrate. Celebrate this Passover. It's important that you, you celebrate this holy day. And he actually gives ideas on how we should celebrate, in fact. Now, this is interesting because God did this in the ancient times, these, these ancient Jewish customs. There were at least three ancient Jewish celebrations. There was the Feast of Passover, the, fe- the Festival of the Harvest, and there was what's called the Festival of the Shelters. Now, God shows us in this that celebrations are important, but why? Why would God tell his people it's important that you celebrate? Well, here's why. Celebrations cause us to stop and remember the past. Celebrations force us to stop our, man, we got to go, we got stuff to do, we, we have to go on to the next thing, tomorrow has this. Celebrations force us to stop and turn around and look back over our shoulder and realize the things that had happened in the past. We celebrate important things in our lives. You guys do, right? It's, it's stopping and it's celebrating a, a birthday, someone in your family. It's stopping and celebrating an anniversary, remembering that time, that day that, that we, we ended up getting married. And it forces us to look back and to remember those things. And I think it's so important, and especially after we just finished the series, it might come to mind especially, God was saying, you have to stop, celebrate, so you can look back, so you can remember the great things that have happened in the past. That it's so important that you would look back and you wouldn't forget about these things that had happened. As we get to the New Testament, it continues. The idea of celebration wasn't just this this mantra put forward in the Old Testament, but it carried over into the New Testament. We see it with Jesus, in fact. And for us as Christians, man, when we look at Jesus, we want to be everything like him. So when we see him do things on this earth, it challenges us. We say we want to be like that guy. I think it's interesting. It says in John 2, 1 through 2, this is just a quick little verse. You'd be like, that doesn't mean much, but let me explain it. It says, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. Now, you think like, okay, so? But, think about it. Jesus was starting like the most important three years in the history of the universe. This was right as he was beginning his ministry and Jesus only spent three years teaching. Three, that's it. And he was getting ready to go and to preach and to teach and to spread the gospel. And he had just started doing this stuff. But he took time to go to a wedding celebration. He took time to bring his friends to go and celebrate somebody who his family knew that was getting married. I think that tells us something about Jesus. It tells us about the the relationability of Jesus. That he still took time, even though he was arguably the most busy person in all of the universe. Right? He had so much to accomplish in just a short amount of time. He took time to celebrate with people. And in fact, I think there's more to be said here. It says that Jesus and his disciples were invited to the celebration. They didn't crash the celebration. They didn't come in wedding crash, right? No, they were, they were invited. I think this tells us just droves. Think about it this way. Who do you invite to parties? You invite people to parties that are fun at parties. Right? If you're going to have a party and you're going to invite people, who do you invite? I'm going to invite people that are fun at parties. That's who I want at my party. Jesus and his disciples get invited to the party. What do you think that communicates? 
I think it communicates that Jesus and his disciples were fun enough guys, were relational enough guys, that they were invited, come and celebrate. And in fact, that's not drawing some single conclusion from this. As we read through the Bible, time and time and time again, sinners would say, Jesus, you've got to come have dinner with me. I'm going to bring some of my friends over. We're having a get-together. Would you come over? And they invite Jesus and his friends. It's kind of a revelation of realizing that Jesus and his buddies that maybe we always just kind of look at as this weird, like, super spiritual, right? Like, smoke come out of him as he talked, right? He was a fun enough guy that people invited him over for a party and said, man, Jesus, you got to come over. Last time you were over, it was so much fun. You're such an interesting guy. Man, when you hung out with everybody, right? I mean, literally, this wedding feast, it probably got around because at that wedding feast, they literally ran out of wine and Jesus multiplied like an extra, like, 30 or 40 gallons of wine. Probably people were like, Jesus, you got to come to my party, we run out, right? Or just, I'm, we're short to start with, right? No BYOB. Jesus is here. He'll take care of me. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that if, if, if you become a Christian and you get disinvited from some keggers because of your, your faith, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, and that's going to happen. But friends, if us as Christians are so negative and so strangely spiritual that nobody even wants us at a party, we're not being like Jesus, Jesus was the most faithful man in the world. He was the perfect man. He perfectly understood how to walk with the Holy Spirit. Yet sinners still invited him to come to their parties. That says something about who Jesus was, and it says something about who we need to be as Christians. We shouldn't be so negative, so weird, that we would never, ever get invited to a party. Otherwise, we're not being like Jesus. In fact, while Jesus was here on this earth, he taught about celebrations. He didn't just participate in them, going to this, to this wedding feast, going to these parties. He actually took time to talk about how in this world there are times of celebration. And he actually kind of details what that's like. Listen what he says here in Luke 15, 8 through 10. He's kind of telling a story, a parable. He says, suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels every time, when even one, excuse me, sinner repents. Jesus talks about how here in this earth, when we, when we lose something, when we're trying to look for something and we find something, right? When a great moment happens, we lost it and we found it, that we call our friends and we say, man, you got to get over here. We need to celebrate. I'm just so joyous and so happy at what's going on in my life right now. And Jesus says that is important because you might as well get used to that because that's what's happening in heaven right now. He says that in, in heaven, every time, when even one sinner comes back to know God. Last weekend, we had four people start a relationship with Jesus. And up in heaven, a massive celebration broke out. There began cheers and people were, people were shouting and they were celebrating and they were clapping and they were doing toasts and being like, it, it's happening, right? We're celebrating these people who are going to join us in a, in a short time. They're going to be with us for eternity. Another name added to the guest list. Jesus reveals to us, friends, that things that are important, things that are important deserve to be celebrated. Friends, the things that are most important in our life, they deserve to be celebrated. Jesus says that's what it's like in heaven. 
That people matter so much that when somebody turns from death to life and starts that relationship with Jesus, that heaven just explodes in celebration. And the same thing should be for us. The things that we care about, we need to celebrate. Friends, if you really care about somebody, if you really care about something, yet you won't give it any time to celebrate it, I'm not sure that you actually love it. I'm not sure that you actually care about it. That's one of the ways we show value to things. It's one of the ways we show value to people is we take time to celebrate. I'm telling you guys, dude, you need to step up your game when it comes to celebrating things with your wife, especially. She will not mind, right? This was the day that we met. This was the day that we got married. This was the day that you had our beloved child. I'm celebrating you. And it makes people feel valued when you celebrate them. It makes them realize, wow, I'm actually important. This, this means something. Excuse me. I don't understand why at this current time so many Christians are walking around with sour looks on their face, with frustrated minds, annoyed with everything around them. Honestly, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me when I, when I balance out the scales and I try to comprehend what's going on in the spiritual realm and who we are. Because this is what I think, as, as Christians, as Jesus followers, us who started a relationship with Jesus, if you say, I haven't yet, that's okay, talking to the Jesus followers, you can listen in. But us who are Jesus followers, we have every reason to be excited. Every reason to be excited. Every single day. Listen what it says in Colossians 2, 13-15. This is Paul writing the church in Colossae, and he's trying to explain what this looks like. Listen what he says. He says, You were dead because of your sins, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Listen to this last one. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Friends, victories should be celebrated. And every single day for us as Jesus followers, we should be celebrating this massive victory in our life. That every single day, seriously, us as Christians, we should walk around with such a permanent smile on our face that people get freaked out. Like people should be like, that person is psychotic. Like just like walking around, just like smiling, like, oh man, yeah. You're like, what's wrong with you, bro? He's like, I'm saved, bro. I'm saved. Do you ever just wake up in the morning and roll out of bed and just feel saved? Where you just wake up and you go, hey, guess what? I'm not destined for eternal torment anymore. Dude, whatever comes today, win, right? Victory. I don't understand why we have such a sourpuss look on our face. Why we seem so negative about whatever this world is. Friends, I know there are hard times, but us as Christians, we should have this massive scale of, of what our lives could be like, of where we could be going. And even in days that are negative, 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 we should wake up and we should shout a praise and say, you know what, I just got to celebrate the victory because I could have been dead and buried a long time ago. Yeah, I know the day isn't that great. I know that situations aren't that good. But I just got to celebrate because I have Jesus. Friends, our relationship with Jesus, this, this life that we started with him when he saved us, 
The point wasn't the fact that, that we, we had problems and then we meet Jesus and then we don't have any problems. And now we're going to celebrate. The point was we had problems. We met Jesus. We still have problems, but we also have Jesus. And that that's enough. That in moments that are hard, we still have Jesus. The hard times are still there, but I'm not standing on my own. I'm with Jesus, and I have this massive victory, despite all the negatives that might come against me, that outweigh everything so that every day I can still be joyous. Victories should be celebrated. There should be a feeling of celebration. There should be a feeling of, of, of excitement in our services. This is why church kills me. This is why I was so passionate about, about starting Acts Church, why I thought it was so important. I never got why people would go to church services where we're talking about there's this amazing God, right? This God of the entire universe that loves you personally, that saved you despite all of your sins and did 100% of the work, and then we're going to stand here and sing like this. Just so somber and just sad, where it's like, did you not hear the news? Like, did you not just hear what he said? Why on earth are we so sad and why are we so somber? Why are people marching, just drudging like, into, into church? that I feel we should have celebration in every single week. There's this, this natural high that should come. You walk in and you realize this, this is why. This is why I can have confidence. This is why I can have joy. Man, how exciting to be here that each and every weekend when you're here and you take time to be here, Jesus is here and wants to say something to you. Man, is that exciting. Friends, I think that our traditions in the church should get more exciting. I think that they should be more filled with joy. Jesus instituted a tradition years and years and years ago. And it's one of the ones that we continually do every single year because we think it's so important. But I think we can do it wrong. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. And and this isn't Jesus talking. This is actually Paul quoting what Jesus had said to try to teach the Corinthian church. He says this, and this is basically him passing on what, what Jesus had said. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Now, what am I talking about? You guys know what it's called, right? Communion. Churches celebrate it all over. We celebrate it consistently because we believe that Jesus asked us and we try to put our eyes back on it. But friends, I think we can do a disservice to communion by making it always some sort of somber thing. I think that there's time for us to be able to examine our hearts and there's time to to think about Jesus and, and the sacrifice he made. And to realize the weight of our sins and maybe have a time where where it does, it's kind of heavy and you realize, wow, this is important. But friends, I think that if we look at those words where he says, remember and announce, remember and announce, remember and announce, you know what that sounds a lot like to me? Celebrate. 
This is so important. I don't want you to forget it. I want you to celebrate on a regular basis so you always stop and you look back and go, that's right, I'm saved. That's right, I have victory despite my circumstances because of Jesus. That's right, he paid for me with his death. He paid for me by his body being broken, by his blood being shed instead of mine. That there's celebration inside of that. I think that maybe for us, maybe we've even been a little too somber with this. That when we take communion, maybe there shouldn't be this weird air. Instead, there should just be this excitement. It should be smiles on our face. We take communion and we give our friend a high five next to us and say, Man, can you imagine the fact that we, you and I, were chosen by God to be saved? Man, what a celebration of a great God that we served. Friends, I believe as Christians that we should perpetually celebrate our salvation. We should perpetually celebrate our salvation. Every day should be a reminder of our, salva- our salvation, and we should just walk in celebration, saying, you can't, you can't get me down. Man, you can't get me down because today I'm celebrating the fact that I'm saved. And yesterday I celebrated, and tomorrow I plan on celebrating too. At Acts Church, we believe that victory should be celebrated. Now, what does this mean for our church? It means that we have fun at church. You'll notice that about us. We really, really like having fun at church. We believe that church should be exciting. It shouldn't be some somber thing you, you march into. Instead, it should be something that it's, it is exciting to participate in because we have the greatest news in the world. It means that we will celebrate And we will celebrate loud when we see people come to know Jesus. That when we see people give their lives to Jesus, when we have people baptized after they're getting serious about their faith and do it, we shout as loud as we can. You know why? We are practicing for heaven, friends. We are practicing for heaven. That's going to be it when we get there. We're going to be celebrating those who are added. So we're just getting used to it, saying, man, when we see people start this relationship with Jesus, we are going to shout loud, we are going to jump high, and we are going to celebrate. It means that for us, we will perpetually celebrate our salvation as a church. That's why we'll do stuff like communion, where we take time and we say, man, remember him. Don't get so distracted that you forget about his sacrifice in your life. It's also the reason why we honor things. It's the reason why we honor people. Because we believe that things that matter deserve to be celebrated. It's why we do things like call people out and say, man, they did such a great job as a volunteer. It's why we we celebrate things with having a party and we get food and we, we talk about it and we're just excited to be able to celebrate these things. Because we believe these milestones are important. They're, they're things that make us remember. We get together and we celebrate stuff like when things go great in subgroups or things go great on a, on a big activity we do out in the community. Because we don't want to forget about them. We want to remember them. It's the same reason why we celebrate people's lives and we celebrate people's stories. If you tell me bad news, I'll pray about it. If you tell me good news, I'll spread it like gossip. I just have this tendency that when people tell me good news, I'm like, did you tell them? You should tell them. Can I tell them? Can I tell them your good news? You should tell them your good news. If you didn't tell them your good news, it should, just literally like Friday night we had, a, we had a dinner with our team and I told the one girl, I said, you need to share your good news. Because we celebrate when other people's lives have great things happen in them. We say, that's God. You talking about that and saying, look at this, what happened in my life, that's God, that's his glory. We're celebrating what he's doing in your life. We want to remember these things. And what does this mean for you? 
For some of you, you need to wipe that sour look off your face. And some of you are walking around just so negative, so downtrodden. People are like, oh man, if that's what being a Christian is like, do not sign me up, right? Oh, he's just, they're just miserable every day. I don't want to be like them. Some of you, you need to stop being so serious. Some of you, a while ago, I don't know when, it could just be that you got saved this last year and something happened between there. Maybe some of you guys were 30 or 40 years into this. And some of you, you crossed this threshold where you just stopped being invited to those parties because you just became so unfun, so serious that no one even wants you around anymore. Friends, that's not Jesus. That's not who Jesus was. Maybe you need to take a step back and realize, am I, am I, am I being so serious that I'm not even being kind to people and, and being nice to people and, and having conversations with people? There's a dichotomy there that we've got to work out for sure. It's the Lord. We need to save people. This is serious. We need to go. And yet Jesus took time to say, I'm going to go to a wedding celebration and say, I'm so happy for you. So we need to figure out that balance where we say, I, I want to be the person that still people want to be around. Maybe I need to change them. Maybe I need to ask the Holy Spirit to help me. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. You can pray for it. You can ask God to give it to you. Some of you need to celebrate what truly matters in your life because you've been celebrating all the wrong things. You've been giving value to foolish things instead of important things. Some of you have been so busy worrying about tomorrow that you won't take time to celebrate something that happened a few years back that you shouldn't forget. You need to take time to find those moments. I'm telling you, for you and your faith, this isn't just important in your relationships. It is important for your relationships. This is really important in your faith. Last week, there were four people who gave their life to Jesus. You should mark that date somewhere, and when it comes around, you should say, that was the day. That was the day my life changed. Why? Because you look back and you remember God's faithfulness. If God's been faithful to you for something you've prayed for, you've asked him for, you've begged him for, and said, God, please, would you, and he comes through, don't you just forget about that and walk away. You need to mark that day. You need to stop and you need to celebrate it and say, this was the day, right? Maybe it's that person who says, we prayed and prayed and prayed that God would give us a child, and finally one day it came. And we celebrate this day because this day was the day that we realized God's blessing on us. That we find days that are blessings. I'll tell you a weird, strange one for, for me, okay? I celebrate every April 13th. I actually failed this last year, too. I failed to do this, and it broke my heart. April 13th is the day I realized that Amy was something special and was going to be my girlfriend. I prayed for her. You don't have to cheer. It's okay. She She knows. She, know, she knows she did good, okay? So it's, it's okay. And I know I did good as well. No, I'm just being mean. But um, <clears throat> I remember praying for her. And I remember realizing that she was something special. And that was the night I decided to start talking to her and pursuing her. And I've marked that date and always tried to follow up with it and remind her this was the day. This was the day I realized. Why? Because that was the day that I marked, not just as the fact of, of Amy's a great blessing in my life, because she is, I marked that as a day of God's glory. That was the day that God had already put a person in my life that I never thought was going to be anything more than just a friend, that he had waiting there for that one moment where I realized she's my soulmate. That's a story of God's glory, and I don't want to forget that. Because if I forget it, then maybe I'm not going to trust him someday in the future. When we remember those things in our past, friends, that's what gets us through our next hard time. 
When we come up to that next situation where we're praying and asking God, God, could you do this? We turn around and we look and we say, well, he did that. If he could do that, he can take care of this too. It's important to celebrate. Some of you, friends, you need to get amped about your salvation. Some of you, you need to do this like every morning. You need to roll out of bed, put a freakish smile on your face, and just go, I'm saved! Yeah! And just get amped for your day and be like, I don't care what else, I'm saved! Awesome! You need to preach to yourself. Just amp yourself up in the morning. Some of you guys, you need to join in. You need to celebrate. Some of you people, when we come in here and we do, we do songs and you wonder, it's weird that we do these songs and we sing these songs. It's strange. Friends, it's an opportunity for you to celebrate. Sometimes I just want to shake people and say, listen, I know you might not have the best voice. I know you might not be that comfortable here. You're just getting started. Man, step out of that. Step out of that trying to look cool with everyone else and just give God praise that he deserves. If a lyric lines up with you, man, celebrate with them. Shout that out. Man, that's a good line. That makes sense to me. I'm going to shout that out. I'm going to sing that. Even though I have a terrible voice, I have a terrible voice. People next to me, I'm embarrassed for them. I'm like, oh, (laughs) terrible. But I do it anyway because I really, really want to praise God because he deserves it. Friends, we're not going to be a church of negative people. We're going to be people who are positive. One of the best things we could do is to be a church that walks around and people would say, you know what's weird about that X church? Everyone that I meet is just so excited about life. They all just have this different vibe about them that, that they're, even though situations might be bad, I'm not saying that they have perfect lives. Not at all. But they just seem like, like almost like they, can, like they know they can get through it. Like just, I'm positive about what's going to come out of this. Well, what if it is cancer? What if it is this? I'm still positive about what can come out of this. I didn't sign up for this because I thought Jesus was going to take away all my problems. I signed up for this because Jesus is going to be with me in my problems. And that's cause for celebration. Man, we need to celebrate. At Acts Church, we believe that victories should be celebrated. And they need to be celebrated in your life too. Pray with me. God, I thank you so much for this evening. I thank you, God, that you... You call us, Lord, to be celebratory, man, to be excited, to be amped up about our salvation and realize that we can celebrate this massive victory in our lives every single day. God, I pray that you would challenge us, that you would give us um, just a heart of celebration, that maybe at times when things got hard, you would just, in the back of our, of our minds, just whisper to us, but, but, but celebrate my victory. You have victory in this, friends. And I just thank you, Jesus, for what you are going to do. In your name we pray. Amen.